0: Amen. Wonderful song there. Thank you for uh, that, that good, um, just good reminder of who the Lord Jesus is. You know, often we at this time can focus on the fact that he was born, but we've always got to remind ourselves who was born and who he is. He's a mighty God. And we're thankful for that and I hope that you've had a good Christmas. I hope that you've had some time to spend with family and friends and I hope that it's been a blessing and I hope that... Um, Hope that you've uh, you've eaten enough. If not, you can make up for it today. But glad to uh, glad to see you all in um, in church this morning. Let's turn our Bibles again to Luke chapter two, and uh, we read there just the the really the moment in history where there was an announcement of Jesus's birth to these shepherds, and um, we're about to usher in a new year. It's the last Sunday of the year. If you can hardly I believe that we're about to enter into 2022, and and just reflecting for myself this year, what a change! I mean, we're here, and um, last year we were I remember just coming back. We had took a little bit of a family break, my my family and I, over to Coffs Harbour, and we took a week there, just reflecting, just thinking about what what we were going to do in 2021. We were praying, planning, and Seeking the Lord and not knowing that just a year later we'd be living in Queensland pastoring here at Good Shepherd Baptist Church. And things change. Things happen so quickly. And, uh, you know, this past uh, past year, the different, different milestones, you know, for perhaps many of you, and you've had a lot of time to sort of think about uh, what the year has and then what the year to come will bring. And, um, you know, we often forget regarding the Christmas story that it, it was so significant that really it brought in a totally new era in human history. Christ's birth is significant for us to, to just think about contemplate in a year that brings about new beginnings because this singular event really is the pivotal point of human history. You think about the, the calendar system, how we, uh, we we term it BC and AD right before Christ. And then after that, do we think about even biblically, dispensationally, Jesus' arrival has changed uh, changed God's economy of things where He was dealing mainly with the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. And then now Jesus' arrival brought now a, a, a starting point of a new economy into the church. And then we see, really covenantally, we see that the arrival of the Lord Jesus then brings about the, the new covenant. It was at the death of the testator that the new covenant would come. So all of those things were happening in this single moment that sometimes we read about, and just well like we said yesterday, how Luke writes at the beginning of chapter 2, and it came to pass. But in that sig- signal, signal um, single event in human history, all of those things started to pivot to another era. And unusually, I think, on the actual happening of this major event, this wasn't announced to the people of Bethlehem. You know, those who were reveling in perhaps family reunions, again, if you think about the whole context of the story, you know that the, the, those of the lineage of David, those who were of that household, of that tribe, they were coming to Bethlehem for this taxing. But you no doubt they were coming along and they had those family reunions. Some were joyful about that, some not so joyful. You know how family reunions can be. And they were just having this time, and there was a lot of reveling. There was a lot of that, but it wasn't there that this announcement was made. It was made to the shepherds who were outside of the scope of the city. You know, shepherds, when you think about it in that context, they were some of the most insignificant of people in Jesus' day. They were considered lowly by society's standards, yet God showed those on the outside the true significance of that night. It was those that were outside of that. And what we learn from the shepherds is I think something that's applicable to us today and and hopefully will, will directly impact how our year will be. You know, what we see is the responsiveness of the shepherds. You think about what just transpired as we read it earlier. This announcement was made, this revealing was made and the shepherds, they had some. They had a choice to make. They had to choose how to respond to what they had just heard. And uh, you know, you might argue with me this morning that it's impossible for them not to respond, due to the manner of the revelation, due to the manner of the announcement that was just made. But we've got to take note that uh, even though that was a case in that day, that God still communicates to us today. You know, as much as as that was a miracle, and that would have been a uh, a magnificent thing to behold, uh, I hope that we still have the attitude that God still communicates with us, and it's no less miracle that God has preserved His Word for us today. That, that we don't just go about and we don't lose sight of the fact that, that God is still communicating and still wants to uh, work in our lives today. And it may not be through the same means, but we still have His Word we still have His Spirit. We still have those that are His messengers that de- deliver to us news that needs a response too. And no doubt throughout this course of this year, there's been some of that in, in your lives. And certainly for our lives, many times when we sought the Lord for some direction and we heard from Him and we got direction from His Word, but we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't a real response. And, and for many of us, There has been some dealings of God in our lives this year, but I wonder how we responded to that. You know, the Bible still says that we ought to be doers of the Word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. The whole point of the Word of God isn't for us to just hear it. It's not His revealings isn't just there for us to behold and be amazed by. No, it's meant to be responded to. And too many times we get astounded with thoughts and we we get astounded with the Word of God. But, you know, amazement doesn't equal obedience all the time. And yet what we have to see is the responsiveness of the shepherds. What we find in the Christian life is really that our level of responding to God's Word and God's revealing in our lives is really the catalyst for victory. It's the catalyst for blessing. It's the catalyst for direction. And it's not simply hearing God's word, it's doing God's word. And that's why it's not enough for us to read our Bible. You know, many of us, probably as the year ticks over to January 1, maybe it's your habit that you read through your Bible each year, and that's the date that it now turns back to Genesis chapter 1 for you. Um, for me, I, I start again in October. I don't know why, I've always done it that way. And there's just, the, for, for many, it'll just turn a new leaf means a new beginning of of reading God's Word. And and maybe some of you, you're not in that habit and you just read through it slowly. However way you read God's Word, however way you're in His Word, however way God's working in your life through it, I want to say it's not simply hearing it, it's also responding to it. We need to attend to the Word of God. You know, this year you might have it, your goal, this coming year, you might have it, your goal that you're going to be more faithful to church and you're going to start to attend more regularly and not just a Sunday morning, maybe as we have Sunday evenings coming back online and then some of the Wednesday nights, you start to commit to those things and and we're going to have the Word of God open like we do. And that's a good thing, right church? But it's not just about every time you attend the service that you open God's Word and you listen to it, it's about responding to it. You know, it's not enough for us to do that, uh, to, to just be here. We have to respond. And when you think about it, this is what the shepherds did. And we're going to learn from them so that we can also respond accordingly and not miss out on what God has done for us, uh, God has for us this year. So notice with me a couple of things as we um, open the Word of God again this morning. Notice verse 15. How they responded. So all of the verses eight to fourteen was the angels coming, announcing, "For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior." In verse eleven, and and then they they said, "There's going to be a sign. This is how you're going to know." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, and that would be again an amazing thing to behold. But notice with me in verse fifteen, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. Notice this. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And I want you to note there, there's there's a plurality. They said, Let us, and the shepherds said one to another. And here's the first point I want to make as we think about how the shepherds responded. Firstly, they provoked one another to respond to what was revealed. Notice the fellowship that they had here. No doubt they were together, they were out there, this group of shepherds looking after a large flock of sheep. And right there, as they heard the announcement, it wasn't simply just one of them. They discussed it together, and with their association and with their, their peers, they provoked one another to do this thing. And the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go. And, you know, some have supposed by some, by, that these shepherds were tending to their flock just a few kilometers outside of Bethlehem. Uh, the particular place was called Migdal Edo which means the tower of the flock. And here it was supposed lambs were given special care as these lambs they were the ones designated for the sacrifices in the temple at Jerusalem. So these shepherds were there probably in the coldness of the night with a mind to do their job for the Lord this was the the those sacrifices for the temple they had knowledge perhaps of the coming Messiah and yet, little did they know that as shepherds, they would be witnessing the birth of the Lamb of God, which would take away the sin of the world. Now, no doubt they didn't plan for that that morning. Yet, after the announcement of the angels, what they did was they came together and they went to the place that was revealed for them to go. The encouragement was not to deny what was announced. It was to go forward in faith. And I think about that, that opportunity that we have weekly. You know, the Bible still says in Hebrews 10:25 to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but to, uh, to provoke one another unto love and to good works. And we're supposed to exhort one another. We're supposed to do it so much the more as we see the day approaching. And listen, this, the reason we come together isn't simply to sit here and in our individuality sit here and listen to the Word of God being open. No, we're supposed to come together. And we're supposed to encourage one another and we're supposed to listen in to the Word of God being preached and the revealing perhaps in our lives and we're supposed to provoke one another in that. You know, the shepherds, when they heard this, they they got together, they started to talk and they started to realize what they needed to do. But the, the, the reason we come together is to be a positive influence and to be a positive provoker to the things that we hear in God's Word reveal. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, for many years as a, as a, um, as, as a child we would come from church and for many years we would come, uh, be heading back home and my parents from the front seat will sort of just, just turn back a little bit and say, hey, what did you learn today in church? And it wasn't simply that they were quizzing us it was simply to start a conversation about the, the message that morning. And, and boy, I'll tell you what, you better should, you should have been paying attention because my dad would catch you out, right? And, you know, that's a good exercise. But, you know, that, it doesn't have to just stay within our family. We could do that. We could encourage each other as we come together. We should look at each other and not just, you know, be comfortable sitting in our pews and saying, "Well, that's my seat. This is where I always sit. Listen, we all ought to come together every Sunday and go, Hey, God spoke to us today. What did we learn? How do we action this? How do we help each other in the week? And, you know, our response can affect the response of others. You know, the shepherds said one to another, Let us. The attitude of the shepherds was to provoke each other really to see Christ. They, they encouraged one another. You know, there is such a thing as positive peer pressure. You know, the Bible says, if you walk with wise men, you will be wise. You know, you, the birds of a feather flock together. Right? Your friend will determine your end. Is there any more cliches? <laughs> but it's true. When, when we... we, we you know, around those that are positive in their response to the, the Word of God. You know, what tends to happen is that it affects us. You know, the Bible says to, that iron sharpens iron. And so does the countenance of a friend. And if we're to be the kind of uh, family of God, if we're to be the, the ones that would provoke one another unto love and good works, we ought to have the mentality that we're not just here to listen. We're here to do, and then we're here to also just encourage others along the way. You know, Who did you encourage today? When you walked in, when you came into our gathering today, did you have the mindset that, hey, who can I uh, be a blessing to? Who can I uh, encourage re- in regard to the things that we're going to learn about today? You think about Joshua and Caleb who, uh, out of the, those spies that went to spy out Canaan land, the only two that came back without fear. The only two, and the the rest, they gave an evil report. And what happened? There was a, there was a that 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 uh, that generation that fell in the wilderness. You think about the woman of Samaria. You know she had just met Jesus, and you know she went and she she won a whole town for Christ. Why? She was just positive in her response to the things that she heard. And you know, our response can really can either bring or hinder others in God's plan. Again, Joshua and Caleb versus the other spies. In Numbers 32, 7, and wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them. You know, many times we focus in on who did we win to the Lord, who did we encourage? You know, how many did we hinder? That's a more sobering thought. How many did we hinder this year because of or perhaps a, a negative attitude or, or, or an attitude of, of unbelief in our lives? How many did we hinder as we went about and just our attitude, our, our demeanor towards the things of the Word of God being revealed or the revealing in our lives? How many did we hinder? You know, there was a, a, a time and even in Jesus' ministry in John chapter 6, quickly turn there with me, and the, the irony is it's John 6, 66, right? I, I'd like to call this the world's saddest verse, because Jesus says some things here, and yes, it was hard to be understood, but in verse 66, notice there with me, from that time many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. You know, they there was a, that multitude, and there were those that were the disciples, and those who just followed along and many walk no more with him. Verse sixty seven, then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? And then you know, sometimes we give Simon Peter a bit of a bit of a, a hard go. But you know, I think sometimes Simon Peter is what's needed, and then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, How have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. And we see here that this, just the influence of some caused many to go, but the influence of one at least kept some. And we see that his response to all that all that Jesus had just said, and he, he speaks about eating of him and all of that. The, the, those were around him were listening and going, that, how do we do that? But, but Simon Peter at least had enough faith to sort of go, no, who, who else do we go to? You're God. And, and, you know, we ought to encourage one another in our response. And, and by the way, you're going to give an account one day for how you've influenced others. You will. And so how did the shepherds' response? Firstly, they provoked one another to respond to what was revealed. Secondly, notice in verse 16, go back to Luke chapter 2. In verse 16, And they came with haste, notice that, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And they came with haste. The the word haste there means to await eagerly. You know, some of your children, they've been counting down the days till Christmas. And yesterday, they finally got to do it. They finally got to open all the presents, right? What that is, they were awaiting eagerly. There was an event that they were looking forward to, and it was an event that they were counting down the days. And it it was similar to that when they hasted, they were awaiting the time that they would actually see. It was the idea that the shepherds gave great priority. They, they, they counted down perhaps the steps to get there, to seeing Christ, because they had a true passion, they had a true desire. And you know, your priorities, when you think about it, they reveal your passions. But you know what, your passions will dictate your schedule. And the shepherds, they gave priority to enacting what they had just heard. And I wonder what priority does responding to God's revealing in your life take in your life? You know, if, if God speaks to you about a call, about a need, about a change, or, or another application in your life from His Word or in your, in your spirit as you, you walk with Him, do you await eagerly? Do you come with haste? Do you set about an action to, to, um, or plan to take some steps toward that? And what happens is when you respond with haste, with eagle, eager, uh, eager awaiting and and with priority, what you're going to find is you will find what God said you will find. Because when they went with haste, what did they find? They they found the babe lying in a manger. You know, many times the reason why we don't see what God says we'll see is because it's just not a priority in our lives. We, we sort of just sort of let it, Go by and we'll do it another time, we'll do it another. No, well, God has to do this thing in my life and that thing in my life. And and suddenly the thing that was to be, it has already passed. But when you when you respond to God with priority, what you'll find is what God said you will find. And often the result of God's blessing in our lives is found in the timing really of our response. And if the shepherds delayed their response, they would not have seen the baby Jesus. Perhaps they may have seen Him as the wise men came two years later. But they wouldn't have seen the babe lying in the manger. The the opportunity, I want to say, and the window of God's blessing may pass us by if we don't eagerly await, if we don't go with haste, if we don't prioritize what He has revealed to us. And how many times have we said, next time, to God? How many times have we said, well, not right now, God? And there was never another time. There was a ne- never another opportunity. And I remember, again, there was um, many years ago when I was a young person, my pastor had asked me, I was around, I think, um, 13 or, or 14 at the time, he'd asked me if I would prepare a message to preach on a Wednesday night. And I'm looking, and again, I, I had no desire to, to stand in front of anyone to do any kind of public speaking. Like, who does? That's just weird, right? And I just, I didn't want to do it, so I said no. But, but what I, I knew was in my heart, God was telling me, say yes. And it wasn't until a couple of years later, and I remember sitting every Wednesday, and I, that, that desire was growing in my heart. Just that fire to study His Word and to—I wanted to give something—and and I kept wondering when would He ask me again. And it wasn't until two years later, I was 16 then, and I remember thinking, well, "I wonder what it would have been like to preach at 14." I sort of just wait, and sometimes there's there's greater repercussions when we wait, when we should have gone. And, and when you respond with priority, you know what your actions will lead you really to the specifics of God's will. You know, they 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 didn't know this, but they would find Mary and Joseph. They didn't know Mary and Joseph at that time. They didn't know who was involved in this whole scenario of things. And yet, when they responded with priority, they started to find the specifics of God's will. And, you know, many times we can, when we're seeking God's will, we, we want to know the details. We want to know, you know, the young people that are, they're praying about their future and they're wondering, who am I going to marry? Lord, tell me now, you know. And they're trying to find the specifics of God's will. But what happens is the known will of God, they delay. And we too often we don't give priority to and, and suddenly the details become mixed and the details don't come. Why, Why would God reveal what we want to obey? and the shepherds they were never told about the specifics they were just given a direction they were given some specifics and often when we when we delay because we want to know more those are the times when we just we miss out on the actual details and specifics of God's will you know this year again just remember times where we were praying and seeking and and asking God at the beginning of the year we we just took stock and we took inventory of the direction for the year for the, for the church in Sydney. And we were asking the Lord for some specific things. And, and there were some priorities that we needed to, to, to take. A lot of those in, was in regard to just getting back into fellowship after a year of COVID and all of that. And we were trying to push for that at the beginning of the year. And as, as we, we started to put those, 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 uh, those priorities in, God started to reveal some, some, some more details. And you need to understand that, you know, the, the things that God's already revealed, if we do not not willing to make those a priority, then the details of God's will won't be revealed to us. That, that's just how it works. And so how did they respond? They made it a priority. You know, they made it a priority to respond to. And, and I wonder if we would have that eager awaiting. You know, um, we we make use of the altar sometimes and then, we get excited, and, and sometimes there's an emotional part to that. And we get excited about what God has revealed to us and what God has worked in our lives. And then what happens when we, sit, we start to walk outside that door? Do, do, we, do we eagerly await to apply that thing that we've just heard about? Do we prioritize it? Do we then make a plan that day to start to enact it, to start to work in it, to start to, to, uh, to uh, take the steps necessary? To go that direction and to fulfill that revealing in our lives, or do we just wait until it's convenient? Do we wait until well, it's all clear now that now that all of our other duties had taken place? And yet, what we see in the shepherds was as soon as they they heard it, it was time, and they went. I want you to note the next how they responded. Notice verses seventeen to eighteen. And when they had seen it, notice what they did. They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things. The next thing, the next response was this. They proclaimed the truth. They proclaimed the truth in response to what was revealed. Someone said it this way. The measure of our response to truth is not only seen in how we act upon it, but also how readily we share the same truth with others. Here it is. What will you teach to others this year? What, what has God taught you? you know, as I think about our church, and, and again, it's been a joy to start to get to know you all. There's been many um, that have gone through some specific things this year, whether it's been health, whether it's been some, some other circumstance. And, you know, I want to I encourage you in that. God is trying to teach you something. And often, if we can bear that burden, we can bear the burdens of others. Often there's things that God teaches us in the storm that we can teach others in the in the calm. And, and what you will teach to what will you teach others this year? What has God shown you this year? What what has have you seen of God? What will you share to others? And 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 Luke, again, the writer writes here because he was compelled. He was compelled by the things that he had heard and uh, the, the eyewitnesses that he had brought in to 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 collate this history of christ and you know too many christians can't share a thing about god's revealing because perhaps they've just stopped being compelled by god's truth you know i don't know how many times you read your bible but but every time you read it i hope that you're compelled again I hope you feel compelled. I hope that, that this isn't just another book on our shelf that we'll say we're going to read. I hope that every time we come and we whoever's preaching behind this pulpit that we would take the time to ready our hearts and then just, just have the attitude of what can I learn and what can I share with others and what, what they did, they proclaimed. Why? Because they were eyewitnesses. When they had seen it, they made known abroad what they saw compelled them to tell others hey you know one of the the great blessings of this season is the fact that people are generally thinking about Christ weekend is a great introduction to that but but some of us we've we've stopped being compelled by our salvation a long time ago and when it comes down to it and you you have an opportunity to witness, an opportunity to, to share the truth of the gospel, sometimes we can be a little gun-shy. Why? Maybe sometimes we just stop being compelled. Stop being compelled by the truth of the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ and the truth of a Savior. And too many times we're no longer compelled by God's revealing in our lives. We become spoiled with the Word of God, we become too fat in the things that God has revealed in our lives and we are, are no longer uh, active in that. But what we see with the shepherds, they responded by proclaiming the things that they had seen. You know, God's shown you some things this year. He's shown you some things that are are, are truths that He's presented to you and He's shown you through the circumstances perhaps of your life and, and those things, that they ought to, they ought to, they ought to uh, provoke you to share to others that the need that they that that you have. You know, the the prophet Jeremiah, the, the Bible says it burned within him the word of God. And he could not, he couldn't hold it. Now they they proclaimed why? Because they had heard. You know, this saying was told them. You know, sometimes we just need to repeat was what God has clearly said to us. There was a there was a preacher I, I heard, I think he may, perhaps he's been here before. He, he says when he was a young preacher, he wanted to be original or nothing. But when he was an older preacher, he realized he was both, he was nothing original. <laughs> right? Sometimes there's just some things that we just need to repeat because we've already known them. You know, we don't always have to mine for new truths. No, the, the old truths will do fine. Listen, they proclaimed because they had heard. They proclaimed why? Because they didn't discriminate. The Bible says in verse eighteen, and all that heard it wondered. You know, they just they just went and proclaimed. Evidently, the shepherds told whom they ever they could, and you know, they sometimes we can have the mindset when we're sitting with someone or we're looking at someone. We, we sometimes we go, ah, oh, they won't listen to us. Ah, oh, they, they seem okay. And what we do is, with our own judgment, we can discriminate those who need it and don't. It's just like if you've ever gone downtown, and maybe in Brisbane on, on a Friday or whenever we go out, maybe you're handing out tracts on a Tuesday night at City Bible Study. Sometimes we'll look at a person and go, oh, no, they're, they're not going to come in. Or you're you're at the checkout at Woolies or Coles, and you look at the the you know the person there, the customer service, and you go, no, nah, they won't take this. And how do we know? And yet we have great news. You know, sometimes we come into church and we see the person that looks the best, and they look fine, and they seem to be uh, you know un- unperturbed by any anything and. And anyone and sometimes we leave them alone maybe inside they're the ones that God would have you to encourage that day we just don't know but what what we see about the shepherds in their response is they proclaimed and they were they were, they didn't discriminate they just told whomever you know don't judge a book by its cover we whether they're they they're young they're old they're feeble or they're 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 strong it doesn't matter we ought to we ought to just be sensitive enough to proclaim to whomsoever. You know, the gospel is to every creature. And so they, they responded by proclaiming. But then lastly, and really quickly, verses 19 to 20, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And Notice the shepherds. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Here's the last thing, and really, really simple, they praised their God. They praised their God in response to what was revealed. You know, the final thing mentioned about the shepherds was they just gave praise. You know, one of the, one of the things that Azzy and I do uh, over some time, we, we try to pray in the new year. You know, we stay up. When I was younger, and uh, my dream was to be six foot two. All right, that was my dream. I wanted to play basketball or be a fast bowler for Australia. But um, that was my dream. I wanted to be six foot two. And my mum told me that at midnight on New Year's, if you jump really high, you get really tall. All right? So th- that's what my mom told me. We did it every year. But I just figured I'm growing up now. I should pray the New Year in. All right. So so we, we would pray the New Year in. But you know what struck me a couple of years ago is sometimes we pray all about Next year, and we're committing that to the Lord, and that's a good thing. But we, we never stop to pause and praise God for the year that was. And just praise Him. And praise Him for all that He's revealed, all that He's done, all of that, the things that He's done in our lives. We see Mary pondering it in her heart, all of the jubilation that was coming. But the, the shepherds chose to channel that into praise and glory to God. You know, for all things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them, the Bible says. You know what? They praised God for what they experienced. You know, sometimes when we look back on a year, especially if it has been a tough one, we can struggle to praise God for our experience. But, you know, all of that is really in God's sovereignty. He just in His plan, in, in, in trusting Him, has taught us some things. And our response ought to be praise. It ought to be because we get to be part of His plan, we get to be part of His working, we get the blessing of seeing, feeling, hearing, tasting, touching, God's revealing in our lives, all of that. And so they praise God for what they experience, they praise God really for His faithfulness. You know, our response ought to be praised because when we see God's plan come to be, it speaks of His faithfulness. And you know, if there's nothing else, we can't deny that God is faithful. And what he says, he will do. And I wonder again, this year, and now the year to come, because really there's only a couple of days left. What truth has God given you? What revealing has He has He given you this year? What dealing? and what what is it that god has done in your life this year that's this worth praising him for what what revealing of his has given you joy in your heart that that it bounds to uh, to explode in glorification and grat- uh, in gratitude to him and i wonder if we would just finish the year off with a bit of praise if we just praise god a little bit you know before we get busy with the next two days of public holidays and and then before the year ends, would we take some time to just give Him praise? You know, it's our last Sunday. And then our first Sunday soon, 2022, can hardly believe it. And 2022 will bring in new challenges. It'll bring in new dealings from the Lord. It'll be, bring in some, some dear truths that He'll reveal in our time of need. And we'll go through it again, and God's going to have to show us some things, and there's going to have to be a response And I wonder how we'll respond then. But for now, we're about to close the chapter of 2021. Would we just take some time to praise? Would we just give Him glory? Maybe there was a milestone this year. Maybe there's some things that God brought you through that were difficult. Maybe there were just some things that that God just gave you some precious truths that got you through the year that, that just was the heartbeat of your year. And God did that for you maybe we we'll just take the time to praise him you know they got the blessing just d- during this historically altering event because they responded to it and I wonder if you'll commit to responding to God's revealing in your life in the coming year would you provoke others to do the same will you prioritize the the steps to take that he's shown you will you proclaim it to others and then will you praise him will you praise him? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the day. And Lord, we know that there's there's many things that can occupy our minds during these times and perhaps a bit of reflection would do us good of, of your your working in our lives today. And Father, we all have had interesting years. We, we've had this year of, of change, of Lord, just times where we, we've been seeking your direction. And yet, Lord, here we are. And Lord, you're faithful once again. And so I pray that you'd help us to take the time this morning to just give you praise and then Lord, perhaps commit ourselves to responding properly to, to your revealing in the coming year. There's many more and much more that you, you would have to to do with us. And we believe that, dear Lord, and we seek you. The many times we're going to open your word, the many times we're going to hear your your uh, your Bible open and a message preached. Lord, help us as we, uh, Lord, have, look forward to those times to then hear from you and then respond accordingly. With every head bowed, every eye closed, the piano can begin to play. Why don't we d- just take the time this morning to respond? Why don't we take the time to be as the shepherds, uh, provoke one another and to love and to good works, and why don't we take the time to praise God it's our last Sunday of the year. We, we don't have an evening service tonight. But we're going to take the time perhaps this morning to just give God a little bit of praise as the piano plays. Let's lift our hearts to Him and give Him gratitude for the year that's been. We can thank Him for His faithfulness. We can thank Him for His holiness. We can thank Him for uh, how He has he, he's been sovereign in our lives, how He's just been in control in a world where uh, there's so much chaos at times. And so why don't we take the time, whether at your seat, but I encourage you here at the altar this morning, why don't we take the time to praise the Lord as a piano plays.